0: Hi guys, James Wilson-Taylor here for Rock Sound and welcome to another edition of the Rock Sound Podcast. This is where you can listen to all our latest interviews and catch up on a few that you might have missed over the last 12 months. And today, it is my conversation with Royal Blood's Mike Kerr. The new album is entitled Typhoons and is available right now. This is a conversation we recorded a couple of months back, just as the single Troubles Coming had been released. We talked through the making of that, we talked through the title track, the dance influence you can hear on the likes of Limbo, and what it was like working in the studio with Queens of the Stone Age's Joshua Homme. Plus, we also find out a little bit about how Mike ended up appearing on the Architects track Little Wonder, which you can find on their latest album for those that wish to exist. Really, really great conversation and as always, if you want to see the video of this, it is up on the Rock Sound YouTube channel. All you got to do is search for Rock Sound and click subscribe over on the video call playlist. Right, let's get right to it, shall we? Talking all things Typhoons from Royal Blood. This is is mike Kerr? how are you mike i'm very well thanks how you doing not too bad man not too bad surviving you know we've kind of started this all off uh, in the same way every time which to say hope you hope your loved ones are all staying safe staying well throughout the very very strange 12 months we've been having and uh just how kind of have you been occupying yourself man i like obviously we'll talk about the album in a moment but was this more of a lockdown project for you guys? Is that what's been occupying your time creatively?
1: Yeah, I think um, the record really um, came together in in the lockdown, really. We were in the middle of recording the record when the first lockdown came into play. And then, yeah, we basically just kept like, tagging on extra ideas and songs thinking they would be... with feeling like it was like bonus material but then by by the time we got to the end of the process all of the kind of like bonus material ended up being like the biggest songs on the record so um yeah creatively it was um it was really useful you know and i think um yeah it provided us some real like pressure-free um space to kind of yeah be a be a bit more um I think just be a bit more adventurous you know the whole world being having stopped it kind of feels like yeah and I think because 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 the atmosphere of thing was so like bleak (laughs) it um it caused something in like me to want to write things that felt euphoric you know and felt upbeat
0: yeah, it's something that I've seen you talk about a fair bit around this. We say, you know, the album's Typhoons, and and the thing that people are focused on is this, this party sound. I've seen you use the phrase AC disco, which I think very, very much sums it up in a lot of ways. But what I find absolutely fascinating is, I mean, there's a couple of songs that people haven't heard yet, at least the time I'm recording. I'm thinking something like Limbo. I listened to that the other day, and I mean, that's a Daft Punk breakdown at the end. Like, it's it's real danceable territory that is stuff we haven't seen you play with before. What were the kind of inspirations, dance music-wise, that you've, you've played with on this record? Um, I guess a lot of that French stuff, um,
1: like Daft Punk and things like Kavinsky and just... Um, and I really got into this guy called Mitch Murder as well, who's awesome. But... And Daft Punk, obviously, and... Um, I think, yeah, that tr- that track as well was just like I was just going mad. I was just like, I just didn't care. I didn't care about the expectations anymore. And I think I was just like, I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> and to be honest with you, there was part the part part of the process in Limbo was like this might not even be a Raw Blood song, but who cares? And by the end, I was like, oh no, this is like completely a Raw Blood song. This is just it's just brand new territory you know i was breaking so many of my own rules you know
0: yeah it's funny isn't it because it reminded me uh, like like you say a lot of that french dance music particularly something like the the one that came to mind was justice or justice however we pronounce Mm -hmm. it but like that first record that they brought out they were so good at having dance music in there but it was heavy. Do you know what I mean? Like that track Mm -hmm. Genesis and all that stuff was really heavy. And I hear a lot of that in this, which has got to be, I guess, a bit of a challenge to find those funkier elements, but it is still a very heavy record, right?
1: Yeah. I guess ours, ours was like the inverse of that kind of music where we're a rock band kind of drawing influence from dance music rather than a dance band drawing influence from rock music, you know? And, um... Yeah, I think like the textures of that music we I, we really like, and um, yeah, it was it was just really really fun, you know. That's the best way I can put it, you know. It's um, and the two worlds just seem to merge so well together, you know. And mm. I think, I, I think, I think that style of playing surface with us, I just think it's never
0: been brought to life um, until now. Yeah. Fun is the word, I think. It really, really works. It's a very kind of upbeat record. A a lot of it It really kind of makes a lot of sense. And I guess that we should talk a little bit about who you were working with on it, because it's a really interesting mix of collaborators. I want to start with Paul Epworth, who, you know, he's on a couple of tracks, particularly the single Troubles Coming, which you kind of kicked off everything with this time around. He's a guy who... He's probably the perfect person for that kind of experimentation in a way, because he's worked with a lot of rock bands over the years, but I think of him as the guy behind stuff like The Rapture and that kind of, again, bringing that more dancey element into music. What was it like working with him? And I guess, particularly on Troubles Coming.
1: Yeah, so I guess when we were making Troubles Coming, we were very early on in the process. And I think we'd just started playing around with this idea of playing at that kind of tempo. So, um, and he was like a big champion of, of what we were doing at the time. Um, that kind of session didn't really continue because I think we felt like we had a lot more to explore and a lot more to write. Um, and the studio that he works out of the church is like probably one of the best studios in the world. <laughs> it's very expensive as well. So you kind of, I think to be like goofing around in there is like <laughs> not such a good idea. So we felt like let's go and goof around at home and like kind of experiment a bit more. But then we almost like accidentally started recording the album because I was making like demo versions of the songs. Like Typhoon's, for example, is like the demo. It's, I didn't re-record any of it other than the drums, you know. So, and then before we knew it, we were like, "Well, let's just let's just continue making the record like this," you know. I don't think we ever sat down like let's produce our own album it just we just ended up doing it um I think we had a very clear idea and a very clear vision of what we were what we were making and how we and we worked out where the lines were like how far to go with it and how to like maintain um the band sound so I think we we knew how to kind of steer the ship at that point so we were like I guess I guess we should produce it then. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to bring someone in and tell them what to do, you know. So, um, but yeah, it it was really fun, and I, I weirdly think that by producing it ourselves, I feel like we were able to push it further and be be more adventurous. I think I think so. I think we had a, a fear that. Um, yeah, they didn't want to be the band. No one wants to be the producer that like ruins a band, <laughs> ruins a band's <laughs> sound. We we're like, whereas I think we we're like, the blood should kind of be on our hands if we're gonna do this. You know,
0: it wouldn't oh. be fair to like put this on someone else. You know. Well it works well and I guess if you've got a vision the only people who are going to execute it as well as it possibly can be executed is yourselves you guys know mm-hmm. the direction you want to head in and you're going to have that confidence to be able to do it and it's interesting having little you know subtle nods here and there with yeah with a few collaborators here and there because something like Boilermaker of course you've got Josh from Queens of the Stone Age who's you know old friend of yours obviously you guys toured together and stuff in the past but it's funny how you can hear his influence on that particular track. Whereas it's like, it's like a nice mm-hmm. little standout moment. It's like, okay, here's this side of what the band does. And then we've got these other sides over here. Um, I imagine yeah. it was a great experience working with Josh on that on that track. How, how did that kind of all work in the studio?
1: Um, the studio experience was just amazing. You know, um, I think the idea of working together was something that was talked about a lot and we obviously toured together so much and I've, um, I was lucky enough to be on the latest desert sessions as well. So yeah, getting in a studio and tracking a raw blood track was just kind of like the next thing <laughs> to do really. And it was so fun. And, um, I think that was the first song we recorded off this album. And there was a very long gap between that track and troubles coming and the rest of the album, um, where I was getting sober and, and to honestly getting my kind of shit together. Um, but that process in Boilermaker um, was really kind of crucial for me because I guess I had a moment in the studio and with Josh where we were just talking about records and, and what why make them. You know, we kind of like really went there and talking about it. And um, I kind of came, he helped me come to the realization that. You know what the next thing we make should be entirely what we want um and we should be extremely selfish about that and 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 truly make something for ourselves you know and I, I think he helped me get my head around that and and not just intellectualize it but feel that you know and and um and then also just the experience of watching him produce and watching um. Yeah, how he can sort of play with a song and, and and watching him, uh, he really helped us uh, arrange Boilermaker Like we had the key components of it, but his uh, ability to like arrange something and, and keep things very like he's very good at making like keeping keeping things unpredictable. And the moment, at the moment, the track felt like he knew what was going to happen next. He would switch it up, and I think little and and just lots of studio tricks and and um yeah I I guess we walked out of that session just feeling really equipped and feeling and with a feeling of real understanding of what it of what we need to do and and the amount of work that's gonna have to go into it you know I think part of the reason for like me getting sober as well was like I, I saw the task at hand and I was like I kind of need to be as sharp as possible in order to pull this off
0: yeah absolutely i think it's a realization a lot of bands have had particularly the last year when they're not been able to get out on the road it's like yeah let's do what we want if we're here and we're recording mm-hmm. and arguably going to spend you know a lot longer having time to write or be in the studio wherever it is because there aren't any tour dates around yeah why not actually do exactly what you want to do and rise to that challenge that kind of makes a lot of sense and it's funny you say about josh as well being someone that it was kind of inevitable because another thing i want to mention away from your own work uh, you're, of course, on the new Architects record as well, which we've heard, and that mm-hmm. track, uh, Little Wonders, just so, so great. Uh, a band that you've known for a long time, right? Again, this sort of feels like a collab that was kind of inevitable in the end.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I've known those guys from just being in Brighton, and, and to be honest with you, like, I, um, my friendship with Sam has been... Uh, yeah, it's gone on for a while and, and the minute we kind of met, which is probably a long time ago now, um, we're just so alike and we have a very similar sense of humour. And I've, I've really had a friendship with those guys before I even kind of knew much about the band. I obviously knew they are in a band, but um, it was like friends first and then I'd never seen them play live. And it was one of those things where, like, I went to the show and I was like, "Oh yeah!" Like, I forgot that they like do this, and the show like blew my mind. It like totally like ripped my fucking head off. I was just, I'm just like so in awe of them when they're live because it's just like it's a million miles away from what we do, and it's it's like watching a bunch of fucking ninjas. <laughs> they're like masters of their art, and I don't and it's for me like being a musician i know i know how shit's done and I and i know tricks and i know i know some theory so some of the kind of illusion is gone but with them it's like wizardry all over again and i just i'm like i don't know how you do it and i don't want to know so um yeah so when when they asked me to be on their record i was just like 100 percent, i'm all in you know and it was great it was awesome it was actually quite weird like working together because um We'd never been in like a in, like a, in like a work environment together sure. before. But, um, but yeah, super stoked that they uh, allowed me to sneak on.
0: Yeah, I, I think musical ninjas is the greatest description of architects I've ever heard. And they'll love that, I'm sure. They are. It's, it's dead ninjas. on. No, it's dead on. They really, really are. Um, I'll leave you with this then, Matt. What kind of is going to be next for you guys? Because the funny thing doing all these interviews over the last year is... Even when I'm chatting to someone like yourself where the new record's not even out yet, again, because of the situation we're all in where there haven't been tour dates around, people seem to already be thinking about what's going to come after that. Are you guys in that situation yet? Have you started thinking about what could be next for Royal Blood beyond what we know is coming with Typhoons?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think it's, really, it's really weird. I think having finished this record now, I'm not left with a feeling of like, Oh, I don't want to look at a guitar. and I don't want to hear the record. It's kind of the opposite. I feel, I feel like this album woke something up in the band and in me. And and I feel like has given us a key to like a lot more music. So I'm feeling really inspired and I'm feeling really kind of self-assured having made what we've just made. So I think the plan is to just stay creative and, uh, as Josh Tommy taught us, move at the speed of inspiration.
0: It's a good phrase. I like move at the speed of inspiration is a wonderful, wonderful way of wording it. He's a wise man, Josh. I do like that.
1: He is very wise.
0: Uh, and I guess live shows, of course, we don't know when they'll be because nobody knows anything at the minute. But have you started already thinking about how this record will feel live? It's, it feels like a record that's made to be played live, right? You can feel you're going to get the audience dancing yeah. as well on this one.
1: Yeah, even though this is much more of a studio record, we always have the live show in the back of our minds, and <laughs> the uh, the composition is always got a bit of a stage idea in mind. If that makes sense, the the kind of the live show is is influencing the record. So yeah, I mean, we've already played a lot of these songs, like to no one, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they feel great. And I think what's exciting about them as well is they're so they don't stand out, but they are refreshing compared to other songs from previous records. And I think it's going to give the show this real kind of dynamic and this real, almost feel like a playlist, you know, almost feel like a kind of a bit more of a journey, you know? So, um, yeah, in terms of plans for live shows, the the latest I heard is that it, it won't be till 22. Um, and I, th- I think, at this case, it's like pray for sun, plan for rain. You know.
0: No, it's a smart. If move. anything
1: sooner comes on, then then awesome
0: yeah it'd be pleasant if it does happen but it's a smart move to plan ahead and and at least you know when the shows do come around you're gonna be again in a unique position where everyone's gonna know the record inside out back to front by that point so i'll probably have a bit of a different energy. yeah 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 it's gonna be a, totally. big, a big party totally. vibe when it arrives man uh mike it's really nice to chat to you man congrats on the new music and everything best of luck with the release and stuff and yeah we'll catch up with you in person when that's allowed to happen but uh, in the meantime yeah just stay safe man all right awesome you too great chat Thank you once again to Mike for that conversation. The album Typhoons is available everywhere right now. And if you want to see the video, like I said before, it is up on the Rock Sound YouTube channel on the video call playlist. Make sure you hit subscribe to the podcast so you get to hear all our latest interviews as they drop. We are available on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. So in the meantime, I've been James Wilson-Taylor and thanks once again for listening to the Rock Sound Podcast.